0: To the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap, Tahiti throws it over the middle, and it intercepted, intercepted, BJ in the end zone, for the wisconsin sports trilogy presents the packers trilogy podcast hey old packer fans what's going on welcome to the packers trilogy podcast presented by the wisconsin sports trilogy the podcast for diehard packer fans by diehard packer fans i am your host trevor you can find me on twitter at bender underscore trevor and as always you can find our podcast on twitter facebook and instagram at trilogy underscore pod I am back. I am sorry about the two-week hiatus. Um, Fourth of July was crazy. And then my computer was acting up last week and I had a hard time getting everything set up and nothing was working. And so we're here. We're back. Um, You know, recording this on the 17th for our first, I think our first July podcast of the year um, coming out on the 18th. Um, Like I said, I meant to get out Stuff Fourth of July was just kind of crazy. I don't think I was gonna get anything out that week, um, but I meant to get something out last last week, and then it was just kind of a, a crazy thing with my computer not working um, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm back now. Got everything working. Everything's recording properly like it should be, unlike it was last week. Um, but we're here, and today I want to talk a little bit about the Packers off season as a whole. You know, not just the rookies, all that kind of stuff. Um, granted there wasn't a lot of signings in the offseason that weren't rookies, but you know, we're going to go through where could the Packers have done better? Where did they do very well? All that kind of stuff. So the, the reason I'm going through this is because DeAndre Hopkins is finally signed. He has signed a two year, $26 million deal with the Titans, Um, We'll get to the wide receivers in a little bit, but that's kind of the reason I wanted to start this because, you know, as Packer fans, we were all hoping to have a great wide receiver like that come into the organization. Um, And I'm going to talk about why I think that would have been a great idea, but also maybe it isn't a great idea for the development of this team, right? So we're going to go in, we're going to go position by position. How did they do in each position group, right? So we'll start with quarterback. Obviously, they have Jordan Love there. That he's the starting guy on the roster, and they go and draft Sean Clifford in the fifth. Now there's a lot of to do about he, drafting him in the fifth. Like a lot of analysts had him as a late seventh round slash undrafted type of guy. So a little early, but I get what they were doing. Right, developmental backup type of guy. That's who they were drafting. In the fifth round, so I understand it in that sense. Even though maybe there would have been better options, and there were better options on the board, in my opinion, Um, I think Jaron Hall from BYU was still on. I would have preferred that over Sean Clifford, but I get the idea of why they drafted, you know, a quarterback in the fifth round. The only thing I would have liked to see on the quarterback side, obviously, they trade Aaron Rodgers, they get the pick swap, they get an extra second, they get a first or a second next year, so. You know we'll see with all of that, um, but I think that was a good move. It was time to move on. Clearly, Aaron Rodgers does not want to be in Green Bay anymore. You know he's he goes to he goes to New York, and all of a sudden he's doing OTAs and minicamps, which he hasn't done for five years in Green Bay. So, I mean, it was just time, I think. Um, but the only other thing I would have liked to see the Packers do is sign a veteran you know have an extra guy there that is your backup and let Sean Clifford be the developmental guy because I honestly don't know if Sean Clifford's ready to be the backup if Jordan Love is down for a game can he function I'm not sure if he's down for a half can he function like I really don't know like I would have preferred not that it has to be Matt Ryan but and I think he's done now but you know a Matt Ryan type a guy that's not going to push at this point in their career to be a starter, you know, that we saw Matt Ryan last year struggle with, you know, his arm strength and all that kind of stuff. So, like, you know, a guy like that, it doesn't have to be Matt Ryan, could be a journeyman backup, you know, a Ryan Fitzpatrick-esque, you know, some guy like that. To be an extra set of, you know, Eyes and ears for Jordan Love You know, teach him a little bit You know, teach him how to be a starting quarterback Because they've done it in the past All that kind of stuff I think that would have been important But we didn't see that Maybe they have someone that they plan on signing later In the offseason slash in preseason But that's just one thing I wish they would have done At the quarterback position Otherwise, I get it They had a good, good offseason For the quarterback position Running back was there really anything to do? <laughs> um, that's my kind of thoughts. You know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and then you have guys like Patrick Taylor um, that you know had been the third back before, but you know they're not getting touches anyways because they have two very good one-two punch there with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So my thought was, let's get a late round running back just as a body, see what they do if they progress and are very very good, great. If they're not. It's kind of a body at this point Because our top two are that good Um, And what did the Packers do? They drafted Lou Nichols in the 7th So that quarterback running back I think they did well Even though I would have liked I would have liked that veteran quarterback To back up Rather than have Sean Clifford as your backup Because that's a little scary to me Moving along to tight end um, I think this is kind of where we're starting to get into, you know, they, they did a lot here, and is it going to be enough type of thing, right? So obviously, huge overhaul at the position, right? So we, the only guy from last year that's on the roster still, to my knowledge, is Josiah DeGuara, who is kind of a tight end, H-back, fullback kind of hybrid. He's not even a true tight end in my eyes, and I think in Matt LaFleur's eyes as well. Um, so that's the only guy remaining. And then they go draft two high-round rookies, right? Second and third round, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Kraft. So you know they're going to rely on those rookie tight ends. So my thought when we drafted those two is like, okay, we should really sign someone <laughs> as a veteran to you know come in and, and make sure these guys know how to be pros and all that kind of stuff. And the more I thought about it, it's like basically the only guy that they can sign that I would really like is – Mercedes Lewis, right? Because I don't want a guy to come in and compete for snaps with them. And yeah, Mercedes Lewis still does it. He's still good. But at this point in his career, he's a sixth offensive lineman. He's been that for years and years now. But he used to have some juice in the passing game, like in Jacksonville, he legit had some juice in the passing game. I don't think we saw a ton of it in Green Bay, but there there was plays here and there where, you know, he's hurtling guys and things like that, where you saw some of that athleticism. I just think at this point in his career, he's not going to be a passing down threat, right? So to him come in, he plays running downs, you know, he's in there to block or he's in them passing place and he's actually pass protecting because he's basically an offensive lineman. You know, that's fine. And he would obviously teach them how to be professionals and he would teach them up on blocking as well. So like I, I would have liked that signing, but there's not really many other signings that I would have enjoyed here because at this point, it's like you got to sink or swim with those guys because you have to figure out what they are. And if they're good, that's awesome. And if they're not good, you know, maybe that means next year you go make a signing. Maybe that means you have to draft another tight end early in next year's draft, you know, those types of things. But I think the developmental part of this is it's important to have these guys on the field, especially at this tight end position, because it takes time to learn. And, yeah, there's going to be growing pains and hiccups early, and they're not going to be good early. That's just the likelihood of it. But with increased amount of opportunity and getting that opportunity throughout the year from Jordan Love, you know, getting that confidence from him, from Matt LaFleur, all that kind of stuff, I think that's important for these guys. So I didn't want a signing that was gonna come in and take that away from those two, right? I want those two to be the main guys and for them to kind of figure it out, knowing that there will be growing pains with this. But that's kind of my thoughts, is you either sign Mercedes Lewis, and I don't know that there's another guy out there that's like Mercedes Lewis, or you move on and you just you just go ahead with two rookies as your top two tight ends, and then Josiah DeGuara as your, like I said before, hybrid, H-back, fullback type of guy. So that's where we're at with the tight ends. Like Like I said, I was thinking we needed a veteran, but the more I thought about it, the more I'm like... You kind of want to figure out what these guys are, and you'd rather figure it out sooner rather than later. So let's just figure it out, knowing again, that there's going to be hiccups on the way. Wide receiver. I am very similar in this to the tight end group, right? It's I wanted a I wanted a veteran and I wanted DeAndre Hopkins. I wanted a guy that could go out there and that, you know, could be the the go-to guy, especially like in third downs. You know, it's third and eight. You can trust DeAndre Hopkins is going to go get you nine, right? You're going to you're going to trust like a guy like OBJ. Like there's some questions on a lot of things about OBJ, but on the field when he's healthy, he's a damn good wide receiver, right? He he can go get you 8 on 3rd and 6. He can he can be that type of guy and he is a great great wide receiver. But those were kind of the guys that I was looking at, right? Guys that could make big time plays. If they're going to take snaps away from the young guys, they better be good to help Jordan Love, right? They better be, make it easier on Jordan Love um, if you're going to take away snaps from all the young guys. Because the young guys have a lot, a lot of talent. Christian Watson has a a crazy amount of talent, right? He could be a top five wide receiver in this league. That's how much talent he has, um, you know, Romeo Dobbs, tons of talent. Then you look at Samari Touray, he's shown flashes. Then the rookies, right? Jaden Reed, tons of talent there. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DeBose, um, Malik Heath now is showing up in, in offseason work. You know, there's guys that show talent here. So if you're going to take those guys off the field, you better get good return, right? I just didn't want the Packers to sign a veteran to sign a veteran a la the the Sammy Watkins signing, right? I did not want another Sammy Watkins, a guy that's, you know, a veteran that's, you know, could do good, but they're kind of past their prime, all that kind of stuff. We needed the the veteran that could actually be a legit one or two option in this offense, Um, and those two guys are kind of gone, right, off the open market, OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins. So now if you're going to get a guy, it's kind of by trade, and I don't – think I'm ready for that so it's kind of trial by fire for this wide receiver room right which is great for the wide receiver room that means these guys can develop that means these guys can kind of take their lumps early and hopefully figure it out outside of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs hopefully they just come out firing and they look you know they take a step and they look great in year two um, but you know Samari Toure the rookies you know they can take their lumps a little bit early but By the end of the year, hopefully they're looking like legit options as well. So it's great for the wide receiver room. The only thing that this is more difficult on is Jordan Love. So you have basically your group of pass catchers outside of your running backs, which I am sure Jordan Love will use quite a bit in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on checkdowns, all that kind of stuff. Outside of that group, he is throwing to first and second year players only, which means there could be some miscommunications, them not running the right routes, all of those types of things where a veteran's going to come in and do the right things and be there at the right times, all that kind of stuff. Now now he's got to bank on rookies and second-year players and his tight ends. He's banking on two rookies. Now we'll see you if Josiah DeGuar is a bigger part of the offense, but I have a hard time believing that. Um, but two rookies. And then you look at the receivers. He's got two second year players that he's going to have to bank on in Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. But then it's rookies. And a second year player, Samari Toure, who might as well be a rookie, you know, he what did he get? 15 snaps last year? You know, maybe it's more than that. But it, it wasn't a lot of snaps, it wasn't a lot of targets. So we'll see on this wide receiver room. It's great for the wide receivers, but they need to produce early. Otherwise, it could be very difficult on Jordan Love and difficult then for the front office to get a read on how good Jordan Love is because he doesn't have anyone to throw to. You know, God forbid Christian Watson goes down week five and the offense looks pretty good, but it's still early. There's bumps along the way, all that kind of stuff. But it was starting to look really good week five, week six, and then Christian Watson goes down. And then you don't get a gauge for the rest of the season of how Jordan Love's doing because the number one wide receiver in this offense is down and Romeo Dobbs doesn't look as good as he did last year, all those types of things. And you're like, okay, how can we make this – this is Jordan Love's fault, right? It's not. It's He didn't have weapons to throw to and made it very, very difficult. And not just the he didn't have weapons to throw to, but he had Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson like Aaron Rodgers had his whole career. <laughs> but if Christian Watson goes down, like there's legit no one to throw the ball to. So especially if guys like romeo dobbs don't step up and it you know luke musgrave tucker crafter still getting into it you know he just does he wouldn't have anyone to throw to in that situation so that's my only issue with the offensive side of the ball really is i would have liked a higher end veteran but i understand it's a lot of money you want your young wide receivers to grow i get it but That just is relying a lot on a lot of young guys at that position. And you're using that position to gauge the most important position on the field and gauge how good your guy is there in Jordan Love. So, yeah, it, it could be good, but it could be harmful to Jordan Love and his progression as well. So we'll see what happens there. Offensive line. I really didn't think there was a lot to do here. I think this might be the first time in the Ted Thompson, Brian Gutekunst era that they haven't drafted an offensive lineman. Kind of crazy, but they didn't. Um, They had 10 draft picks and they did not take a single offensive lineman. You know, it seems like every year, fourth, fifth, sixth round, there's one taken in each of those rounds, on average. You know, it's it's just one of those things that they always draft. They didn't this year. But my thought is David Bakhtiari at left tackle. You have Elton Jenkins at left guard, Josh Myers who needs to step up, but you have him at center, and then you have John Runyon at right guard, and then you have the combination of Zach Tom, Josh Dreisman. So you had six guys, and then you have some depth already. So like they really didn't need to do a lot at the offensive line position, and I think they're going to mesh well this year, barring them staying healthy. Let's jump over to the defensive um, side of the ball, and we'll start with defensive line. So I like what they did in the draft. They get um, kind of mid-round rookies, right? Fourth, fifth round. And they take um, two guys there that are penetrating, which is what this defense wants. You know, they can get upfield. They can be disruptive. They can take on blocks. Very, very, I I like the draft picks here, right? Makes a lot of sense. Um, But this group is entirely dependent on what a, what we get from those rookies and B, maybe more importantly, B what kind of advancement and play we get from Devonte Wyatt. Obviously there's still TJ Slayton and all those other guys too, but you have Kenny Clark, you know, you, you have one interior defensive lineman. So if you get one of the rookies and Devonte Wyatt to hit this year, it's going to be a great defensive line. Then you add in an edge rushing group that includes Rashawn Gary. Once he's back and healthy is a top 10 edge rusher in this league. There's no question about that. I would argue a little higher than that, but to me, there's no question he's top 10. And then, you know, you have Preston Smith, who's a Wiley veteran. He's very good well, okay, maybe not very good, but he's good. He's going to be in the right places. He's he's a good player on the edge. Then you add in Lucas Van Ness. You ha- add in guys like Kingsley Anikbare and Justin Hollins, who looked good in rotational snaps last year. So you have your five deep at the edge rusher position. Lucas Van Ness can jump in inside, too, to help that interior defensive line, especially, you know, pass rush, third downs, third and eight plus. You know, he could jump in on the inside. Now you have Devontae White, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, You can bring all five of them. You can have just four of those guys on the field to rush the passer, you know, all those types of things. I think this between this defensive line and edge group could be very, very good, but it hinges on Devontae Wyatt being good and maybe getting something from either Colby Wooden or Carl Brooks. Um, Obviously, you still want uh, TJ Slayton and things like that. You want those guys to improve too, but the biggest thing is Kenny Clark to keep playing well, and Kenny Car- Clark will keep playing well if he gets a jump from a guy like Devontae Wyatt, and that's that's what I think is the big thing here. Um, again, I like the draft picks. I like what they did on the defensive line there in the draft. I don't think they needed to go get or re-sign like a Jaron Reed or something like that. I think they just need better play from the guys they have, and Devontae Wyatt has a lot of talent, and he just needs to go out there and Show that talent now That's what he needs to do And that, that'll that make this defensive line group Very very good in my opinion I already kind of mentioned The edge group They really didn't have to do a whole lot They had four guys that they trusted that were good um, You know obviously We'll see when Rashawn Gary is back But once Rashawn Gary's back They have four guys that are good You know you can trust Obviously you'd like two top tier pass rushers But that's a difficult thing to do um, and then they go draft a top 15 pick and Lucas Van Ness. if he becomes, I said it in the post drafts uh, stuff when we're talking about Lucas Van Ness, he reminds me of Rashawn Gary in college. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Rashawn Gary in the pros, but he reminds me of Rashawn Gary in college. So you know, you go get a guy that has potential to be a, a great pass rusher in this league. And now you have Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness if he hits his potential. And then you have guys like Preston Smith, Kingsley Igbare, and Justin Hollins who would be fantastic rotational pass rushers in this defense. Linebacker. One, I'd like to see... Um, Devondre Campbell get a little closer to where we saw him in 2021. I don't expect him to be an all-pro like he was in 2021, but close to Pro Bowl caliber, I think, is what I am expecting here in 2023 from Devondre Campbell. But linebackers, off-ball linebackers, it all comes down to Quay Walker, in my opinion. We kind of know what Devondre Campbell is going to be. He's going to give you baseline good to... You know, great. You know, borderline all uh, uh, Pro Bowl type of talent. Right, that's what I think he could be. So he's going to be good to great, <clears throat> in my opinion. And then Quay Walker, we need him to be better. He needs to take a step in year two. He's got all of the physical tools to be a great off ball linebacker in today's NFL. He's just got to go do it now. That's what we need from him. From both first round picks last year you know, the 2022 first round picks, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, both of them just need to show up. They need to show their talent and be good. That's what they need to do this year. They need to take that year too late because we drafted them in the first round. They got a year where, you know, Quay showed signs. We didn't really see Devontae that much, but now they just need to go and show that they're legit, at least good players. You know, baseline good starters in the league that's what we need to see from those two cornerback i didn't think there was much to do other than depth they got some depth in the draft um but when you have in my opinion one of the best if not the best one two three punch at corner with jair rasul douglas and eric stokes I, I mean, there wasn't much to do, right? Other than get some depth to, to have some more special teams guys and then depth in case one of those guys goes down or, you know, whenever Eric Stokes get, gets back, we don't know that he's going to be back week one. So to have some extra depth there makes a lot of sense to me. Safety, yikes. <laughs> uh, they did basically nothing at this position. They drafted some... <clears throat> excuse me they signed some guys but their backups uh Traverius Moore uh Jonathan Owens aka Simone Biles husband and that's how he's best known <laughs> uh so like i like they signed some guys they drafted Anthony Johnson Jr from Iowa State who they drafted in the 7th round and PFF had him like a third round prospect so like maybe he's better than that seventh round billing but there's a reason why he drops to the seventh round right he's not just on the pff board at the second third round right and all of a sudden he's you're getting him in the seventh there has to be a reason why he dropped um and i'm sure there is but now outside of those signings you're relying on Darnell savage rudy ford <laughs> Um, you know, I think Keyshawn's going to play more that slot corner, you know, when they when they want four corners on the fields, they're going to bring in Keyshawn. He could theoretically play deep too. Like, I just, it's not a good position. It's, it's scary to me that they didn't, essentially nothing. They drafted a seventh round rookie and they signed two guys that have been, you know, more in San Francisco as a backup and then... Jonathan Owens started all year last year. Um, the more I look into stuff, you know, I talked about his tackles and all that kind of stuff would lead the Packers, but he was not graded well per PFF. Obviously, PFF grades are not perfect, but he—I don't think he played very well. You know, when they're ranking him in the bottom five for starting safeties, I—I I, I don't think they're that far off. Even if he's you know bottom third or bottom quarter at safeties. Yeah, he might be a little better than bottom two, three, four, five, but it it I don't think he's a top half of the league safety is what I'm trying to say. So that's not going to help you that much, right? You're still getting bottom tier, you know. Between I think um, I heard a podcast talking about the PFF grades for the safeties for the Packers, and if you look at last year's PFF grades, the of the 75 players that's had 500 snaps at the safety position. Uh, Adrian Amos was at like 70, Darnell Savage was at 75, Jonathan Owens was at 74. So we somehow went from 70th and 75th and got worse (laughs) out of 75 players. So very, um, questionable moves at safety. Clearly the Packers don't value the position and I hope they're right. But in my eyes, they needed to do more here. This was the one glaring issue to me, um, Otherwise, like I said, I can talk myself into what they did. I understand the processes around why they didn't sign that veteran wide receiver or veteran tight end um, or why they didn't go get a veteran defensive lineman and things like that. Like I, I completely get why they did those things, but the safety, I, I, I just don't understand what they were thinking and Unless they're like, we're just going to rely on the talent that we have in the front seven plus our corners and hope it's enough. I hope so. But defense is a weak link system. And if they find that weak weak link, that which is our two deep safeties, it could be a big issue for the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. But we will see. Uh, but that's my big concern there. I just wanted to go through, talk a little bit about the offseason because we're just a couple weeks away from training camp so we're going to get some legit more news on the football field we're going to get you know before you know it we're going to have some family night preseason games we're going to have actual football to talk about and then in a month and a half two months or so month and a half two months we're going to be looking at the regular season of the 2023 NFL season. I'm, I, I am super pumped for that, and I can't wait to have some more football to watch. But until next week, go Pack go!